Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner. And we're talking home, home repair. repair. We have a a listener favorite returning. Okay, I think it's, it's I think it's your favorite. It might be my favorite. <laughs> we are doing more construction terms uh-huh. today. Very yes. excited about that. Then we're gonna hit uh, refrigerator maintenance. And oh, doesn't that sound exciting? Well, we talked a little bit about that way back in uh, right. uh, 2019. Right. A little bit about that. Um, I think we both have new refrigerators since that time. That, right. <laughs> yes. We talked yes. on that. I got a couple of couple of things to add into it. Awesome. So I decided, well, we'll just we'll just go ahead and touch on that again. Perfect. Perfect. And then we also are going to talk a little bit about co-housing. Co-housing. Right. Right. This is newer kind of. It's not actually newer. It's not really new. It's been yeah. around since uh, started in Denmark in like 1971. Yeah, um, but yeah, something that used to be just for the hippies is right, now becoming right. a, it's, it's, a right. viable option yep. for now a lot of different kind of lifestyles. We're talk about it just a little bit, and then we'll yeah. So let's start with your favorite. I'm in the, I'm in the hot seat. <laughs> uh, construction terms. Right. What do you have for us? Okay, we got stringer, tread, riser. Oh, that must be elements of a stringer threw me off. Um, stairs. Right. How you're building stairs. Right, right. So the stringer, is that the sides that have the little stair-looking notches? That have the notches on it. Right. Okay. Or or sometimes they'll do a stair and they'll put either brackets on the stairs themselves that, that, uh, that amount re- into an uncut stringer. Okay. Right. Oh, right. yes. Right. Right. Or or they'll have it notched out, and then the the the, the tread tread sits on top of those cutouts. Right. Yes. So our traditional wooden stair would be the stringers on the side. The tread is what you step on, so right. it's that board that way. Mm-hmm. And the riser, mm-hmm. the riser is what you'd kick your toe into. Right. And That's so that vertical vertical piece. That vertical right. piece on it. And doing stair stringers, it, it, there's no art form to it. It's not necessarily an art form, but it is. It, you have it, to be precise. It throws carpenters off sometimes. Um, what do they screw because up? Because the measurements. Oh. So the, that first cut. Is different for the bottom stair for the bottom stairs than the rest, mm. and you have to take into consideration what your finished floor um, thickness is. So if you're doing tile so, on the top and the bottom, so you have to take that into consideration, mm-hmm. and then you have to make sure. Then you have to take into consideration your nosing, which is that the tread that comes out and how far does it project out from. The that riser that's up underneath oh. it. Oh, the riser, right. Right. So that can only be a certain um, depth. Or you're going to trip everybody. Right, right. So it, it's, it can't be any more than three quarters of an inch, right, that hangs over. And then your tread itself, that thing that you stand on, yeah. is supposed to be 10 inches, not any more than 11 and a quarter. So you so. have some limitations, depth, 
mm-hmm. and how high you should be lifting your foot every right. time. Right. But that might be different depending on where you start. Yeah, right. where you the start floor at the bottom. is on the bottom. Right. To where you're hitting on the top. Right. So where do you cheat? Where do you make up do the you difference? Don't, you can't cheat. You, you, you can't. It There's, has to be all dead even. Yes. Well, or okay. equal, I'm sorry, except for that first step. Right. According to code, you only have a three-eighths of an inch, which is still quite a bit. Yeah. But three-eighths of an inch difference between all of the stairs for that riser. Well, you mean between, within one stair stoop, you can have that much of a difference from one inch. step to another? Yes. It has to oh, be it has to be less than that. And you notice it. It's really weird how you, you kind of like, oh, those aren't even. Right. Right. <laughs> so that height is um code requires that it be seven and a quarter to seven and three quarters inch. The rise. Mm-hmm. And that is including the thickness of your tread. Exactly. Yeah, there is this whole calculation. Remember your geometry classes, right? Rise and run and, yeah. you know, your your A squared plus B squared equals C squared and all this kind of stuff. And like you say, um, you have to know exactly what materials are being used everywhere. Right. And then you also have to think about your headspace that, say, you're. You, we see this all the time. You're going down into a basement. It's like, right. oh, watch your head, watch your head. Right. So the distance from that last step, right, mm-hmm. to the ceiling there is supposed to be six foot eight. It's often not. Right. 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 So um, there's a there's a lot of things to consider. And, yeah. you know, if math is not your forte, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> because the only thing you have to manipulate that is steepness, right? Right. Right. So like if you have to get up higher... Let's say you have to get up higher, and you're going to be right in the middle of another stair. Like, you mm-hmm. can't afford to put another stair, even with all the... Right, yeah. So then you're like, okay, well, then we need to make it slightly steeper. Right, right? but that, then there? that changes everything. Everything. Right, so, right. so there's calculations on, you know, how far up you're going to go. Yeah. And then you take and you divide that by... Your rise, rise yeah. which is going to be seven and a quarter or seven and three quarters. And then depending See, that's upon- that's kind of a fun little exercise. And, well, <laughs> and then, you know, you, you figure out what that is, and then that's going to tell you how many stairs you're going to have. But if you come out with an uneven number, then you've got to adjust things. And it's a, it's kind of a tricky little calculation kind of thing. And, and the, the pre-cut risers that are stringers that you can get from Home Depot, it's like, oh, I'm going to put it on my deck. It's like, nah, nah. No, those don't really work. I mean, they have- they do. People get them to work, right. but cut it off, and that first step is like three inches, yeah, and then right. and then you've got regular steps all the way. So yeah, Stairs, they can be they can be pretty tricky. Fun, fun. So, yeah, drywall, sheetrock, green board, dry. Well, they're, so they're all um, wall surfaces. Hmm. Drywall is so it's got to be the material. Man, I thought green board is denser. Is that correct? No. Okay, I don't know the difference. <laughs> or among them. Okay, so sheetrock is actually a brand name. Oh, okay. Uh, she is it's like a band aid. Exactly. So it's sheet sheetrock is brand name for gypsum board. Mm-hmm. Um, drywall, same thing. So the same thing. And then green board is, um, it's a drywall that has got a uh, moisture 
resistant, mold-resistant paper covering on it, and it's green. And now they also make it in blue or a purplish color. Is there a difference among those? Are those Um, different moisture repellent? No, not really. And then they have, then there's some ultra light. So, yeah, so those, but drywall, sheetrock, and green board, it's all drywall. Yeah, typically green board is in the bathroom with the moisture, right. Got it. So that might be a bathroom kitchen thing? Or really just bathroom yeah, basement? Yeah, bathroom. Nah, we we put regular drywall in a in a basement. In a basement. wet area, definitely. Oh, sure. Yeah. But don't use the green board in your shower. If you're putting tile up, don't use drywall. Use, you know, the hardy backer board, the Duroc, or the, um, what's the other one? And the those third. are super dense and they have no paper on them. Right, right. Or there's Weedy or there's Detra product as well, but they're waterproof for tile. Cool. So those are what you want to use. So. All right. Yeah. So drywall, sheetrock, green board. Green board. Yeah. <laughs> That's your terms for the day. Okay. I know. You, you want gotta, more? You got to have more. Next time you're going to have to have more. I just, get, I just get warmed up. We'll, just, we'll, just, we'll do an episode where it's yeah. all terms. <laughs> That's what I like. We are revisiting... Refrigerator maintenance. Right. So seasonal maintenance every six months, cleaning your refrigerator coils, right? Taking off that toe kick off the front, getting underneath there with a uh, shop vac and your your coil cleaning brush and getting all that stuff out of there so, you know, it's not a blanket of fur that's covering that. It's something Um, that you should be doing often enough, so get yourself a coil brush. Right. And be careful. Just do it gently. Unplug it. Just do it gently. Um, but a couple other things that uh, you should be thinking about. The seal around the door mm. can wear out as well. So a way to check that is to take a dollar bill. I know even in the time of COVID, take a dollar bill. <laughs> They're out there. Um, and put it in the door and close the door. And can you pull that dollar bill out with oh. the door closed? And if you can, then your seal is getting loose and you need to replace it. I go to a, a website called repairclinic.com. Repairclinic.com. Um, repairclinic.com to get appliance parts. And then they have videos and they have uh, instruction and troubleshooting on there as well. Mm. Um, so it's a great resource if you're it's like, okay, I'm going to change my uh, seal on my refrigerator. You can order it from there. You can go through, you put in your uh, Is that a the thing model you can number. Do? Yeah, you put in your model number and your serial number, and they'll then they'll give you all the parts for it, and then you can order it from there. And there, so it doesn't have an adhesive. Is it just kind of tucked in there, or it might be it pinched depends. with some, a frame? Yeah, some of them. Uh, there's there's a screw sometimes that are hidden in there. Sometimes it's a kerf kind of thing, like yeah. you know, around your exterior door. Uh, sometimes that might be there. Um, sometimes there are uh, wire clips that clip into it. Sure, okay. There's all different different kinds of stuff. All right. Um, so yeah, that, that's know. some. You don't need to call a utility person for that. No, not really. Appliance person. No, no. Coils, door. Coils, door. Check your temperature between thirty five and thirty eight or thirty nine. We would keep your refrigerator at that, and then your freezer at zero to five. Your refrigerator works better when it's full. Mm. I didn't know that. So they suggest, they suggest, it is suggested that, <laughs> <laughs> that um, 
if your refrigerator is completely full to put or completely empty, uh, put jugs of water in there. Okay. So that, you know, it's not just, it's just not the air. It's actually cooling something. And then that something can hold it a It holds it better than just the air, right? And then because you open up the doors, all that cold air drops out. And and so then you have to start all over again. Whereas if it's full with cold things, there's not as much of an air exchange going on. Is that the same with a freezer or not yep. as no. much? No, same, same with the freezer. Put ice bags or uh, bags of ice or ice um, packs or something like that to fill it up. Ours is always so full. We never have that problem. It never cycles. Right. It hasn't turned on in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that said- well, Can I back you up just for a second? Yep, you bet. Uh, what if your, like your refrigerator held that temperature before and now it's not holding that temperature now? I mean, and, and the setting has been the same. Well, it could be that your refrigerator coils need to be cleaned. Okay. Um, it may, I don't know if there's a way to, there is a way to check the the calibration on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that would be something that like, you know, DIY the average, yeah, yeah. average homeowner is going to, it's like, oh, I'm going to go calibrate my refrigerator. But it could be things that are not catastrophically wrong with it. Coils right. probably the biggest thing. Coils would be the biggest things. It's just, it's just, it's working too hard if you haven't, if you haven't cleaned it in a while. And, and so it's just working really, really hard. Um, something that we had happen, it was an older refrigerator though. It had this frost free kind of, it had the frost free feature on it and it would cycle through and it would de-ice the freezer. Okay. And when it did that, it had this drain tube that would go down into a pan at the bottom. It was called evaporator pan kind of thing. So it would sit down there. The fan for the refrigerator would blow and then it would, you know, evaporate that water. Got it. Well, that the water in that tube froze and wouldn't drain anymore. So then we started getting somehow just water all over the place wow. and just thought it was this, you know. Because um, that feature was still working. There was just no place for it to drain. Right. It wasn't, yeah. So so we got water all over the place and, and um, had to get a repair guy in because I was just like, I have no idea what's wrong with this thing. And yeah, look, here, this is it. So once oh, I knew, cool. then, you know, I could take care of it. Sure, it was, sure. Yeah, it was great. So another thing that you will want to do is if you have a refrigerator that's older than 2001, it's time to replace it. You want to replace everything. Well, I it's do you want to save fine. money? Do you want to save money? You know, I'm torn. 40% more energy on that refrigerator. 40%. That's mm. huge. And your refrigerator is the appliance that runs the most yeah. in your kitchen. That's your most expensive appliance. running appliance. So you get that old refrigerator and then it's like, oh, let's go put it in the garage. <laughs> well, so, okay, you're still wasting that energy. And then, you know, you go to Costco and you buy all your bulk food and your freezer stuff and you put it in that refrigerator. Well, all the money that you save by buy- buying bulk, you're spending on keeping that refrigerator running. So think about it. Sometimes she thinks she's so clever. <laughs> it's all about saving money, saving some energy. Yeah. yeah those are my those are my maintenance tips for the refrigerator. Those are good. Yeah. Those are pretty good. Yeah, and what I like about those is that, um, you know, some things that appear, like water is always scary, mm-hmm. you know, and you think you're having these ca- catastrophic failures, right. and maybe they're just something kind of dumb and maintenance Kind of small, right? Yeah. 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 They're so, one-off. Yeah. Those are what I don't like. 
you go out in your your dishwasher and you've got water. Right. And you panic. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to do anything about it now. And then it doesn't happen again. And it's like, what what <laughs> was that? <laughs> I hate those. <laughs> Covering my eyes right. and my ears. And saying, oh, it'll heal nothing. itself. I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. There's nothing better than a self-healing appliance, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Nothing better. So let's end uh, our conversation today with co-housing. What did you want to talk co-housing. about? Co-housing. Um, well, this is something that I'm I'm starting to get into, dabbling into a little bit. Um, I am working with an organization called um, Co-Housing Solutions. Um, and it is it was founded by uh, Katie McCammett, and she is one of the founding people for for co-housing. I mean, back in 1970s, when it was you know first starting in Denmark, mm-hmm. she was on the that forefront and and doing design and did a lot of research on it. And so I'm um, starting to look into it, you know, because it's you know, real estate development, mm-hmm. um, which is fascinating um, with a different spin to it. It's it's you don't uh, develop the property and then sell it, right? You find the people who want to buy it and create this community, mm-hmm. and then that community gets to develop their neighborhood, mm-hmm. which is kind of a really interesting thing. Um, there was an article in the New York Times, I think it was last week, mm-hmm. um, about co-housing. Uh, it's getting pretty popular with single moms, uh, find it um, very interesting because of that community. Also, uh, baby boomers, you know, re- getting up to that retirement age, and instead of you know just going off to Arizona and, and buying a condo, they're they're looking at uh, you know an intentional community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about it. Not not just for myself personally yeah. to possibly live in one of these communities, um, but also as as to develop them and to get the people together. And it's like, okay, where are we going to put this? And because you can't just throw people together. Y'all got to get along. Yeah. In the way that they're talking about it now, what kind of size are they talking about? Like how many families or units are they putting in a co-housing They typically try, they, they typically shoot for between like 10 and 35 Thirty-five. That's units. Big. Yeah. Um, the the kind of research that they did shows that that you get bigger than fifty, and you 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 don't have that community feel. You yeah. Just, there's just too many people, and you get less than ten. You know, you get one person or one family that drops out, and it's like you're really there's getting a big thin, hole, right? You're really okay. getting thin. Yeah. I went and visited one in Nevada City, where where um, Katie lives. And uh, we got to stay there over the weekend or visit over the weekend and m- mingle with the community and uh, be part of the, um, you know, the community house, the common house, which mm-hmm. is one of the big things for co-housing is there's that, you know, 3,000, 4,000 square foot common house and a big kitchen where they have meals together and all that kind of stuff. And then and then parking is on the periphery, right? Mm-hmm. You don't You don't have a garage that you pull your car into. Right, it's on the outside, and and you have walkways between the houses, and everybody's got porches that that face into these walkways, and it was just, it was really great, and and you know, especially coming out of the whole COVID thing where we were so isolated, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, people are just you, you know really really struggling with that and wanting more community, yeah, and and the co housing thing is 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 intentional, and it's much more community than just. Say neighborhood, right? I, I've lived yeah. in my neighborhood 
uh, for, you know, going on 10 years. And yeah. there are neighbors that I've never met. Right, right. right? So it's like, yeah, I see him and it's like, okay, I think their name is, you know, yeah. but I, I don't know him. And so you have, do you have like, you must have HOA-like dues or community dues in addition to the expense of your own home. You do. And it's, and we can go go all through this because um, I want to bring Katie on. Oh, right. Right, right. So, you know, keep listening. We will we will be having Katie on in the next uh, couple episodes. episodes. Yeah. Um, but there's actually a savings to it. There are HOA dues, yeah. um, but you have your internet as part of that. Your electricity is part of that. Your water is part of that. And they typically build these communities that are, you know, they're green built, very yeah. energy efficient, possibly solar panels on them. So the cost of living is actually less. But is co-housing a broad term that we can use or is this really specifically this model? No, it's... it's Single family homes and No, the, it's, and it's broad because it's it's... Um, but typically there is a common house or a common area right in a in a community but they have done it with uh condos okay um, they've done it in urban areas there's some here in Seattle and they've done retrofit where they take an old building you know renovate the entire thing and turn that into so you've got it's that's like, the common house that's yeah or they've taken there's a place down in um I think it's San Francisco that they're they're taking houses in the neighborhood, buying them up and creating a community in with existing residences. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all different kinds of models. Yeah. Um, but it is that that community building where you are all living together, not living together like co-living, but right. you have your own space, you have your own house. You walk outside and you know that person. Because you've you've worked together to develop this community, and you've committed to participating. Yes, like yes, this. that is part of it. Is like you you've said yes, I want to be part of this community. It's not yeah, I, just, I want that house. That, right, that doesn't work. And then it's I can like, choose whether I want to, it, which obviously, right. obviously you can. But the spirit is is that you've committed to. Right, right, yeah. It's kind of yeah. cool. It's very cool. So I'll keep you keep you updated on it. It's, it's great. And would a develop a developer would develop that, and then the developer gets out. Right, it's not like a a company that owns an apartment building, or is there different models, or is the purpose to own the house? You own the house, okay. Right. So um, typically, the way it works is the 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 community comes together first before the development of okay. the of the the structure starts. Right? right. It's like these people come together, or a core group of people come together, and they talk about what they want. Yeah. What kind of land? Where do they want to live? Right. And they start building that community, and they start investing money to do the pre-development. Right? We need to hire an architect, and we need to think about where are we going to buy this land. And so the 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 community is involved from day one. Right. Okay. Right? They're the ones that hire the developer. Like, who are we going to get to build this, or who are we going to get to design it? Mm-hmm. Um, so then they go through and they get a construction loan. And then once they get the construction loan and everything is built, then they can then they refinance as a mortgage on their each each individual houses. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right, we'll be learning more about that in the next couple episodes. We're gonna have special guests and and because I'm interested in the suburb, rural, and urban versions of this. There's a great place out for you in Snohomish. They've got a 240 acre farm. Jowza. Right. 
That's yeah. pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are going to have a special guest uh, talking about this in depth. So if you have questions about co-housing, send them our way at askamy at amyworks.com so that we'll have them uh, when we have our expert here to tell us all about that. If you have questions about that or anything else, uh, send us an email at askamy at amyworks.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, send us a review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Do all that kind of nice stuff. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Leisha. Makes me wonder. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.